0: The importance of the physical and emotional health of our first responders should never be second-guessed. Having a community of support for police, fire, and EMS is more critical today than ever before. Welcome to the Wellness Equation Podcast, powered by Provicta and Health Partners, a first-of-its-kind place where first responders and their families can get the support they need to keep themselves and their communities healthy and strong. Hi, hello everyone. I'm Andy Skugman, host of the Wellness Equation Podcast. COVID-19 has definitely changed the way we've lived and worked the past two months. Our sleep, eating, and exercise patterns have all been disrupted. For first responders, their regular work schedules have also likely been pretty messed up. Even how we interact with our social circles, our friends, our extended family, all of these relationships and routines, they've all been different. In episode five of the Wellness Equation podcast, we talked with Dr. Paul Nystrom, Provicta's medical director and an ER doc at Hennepin County Medical Center in Minneapolis. He actually sees some wellness silver linings in what seems like a dark and cloudy past couple months. So, Paul, thanks for joining us today. Tell us uh, briefly, just give us a brief uh, background on yourself.
1: All right. Uh, Yeah, thanks for having me, Andy. Um, I'm an ER doc and EMS doc at HCMC. Uh, That's my full-time job there, but uh, I'm also a fully sworn officer, uh, fully sworn, but part-time officer at Plymouth, uh, coming up on almost four years there, and I was a a part-time deputy out in Meeker County prior to that. Um, uh, My main interest and why why I'm on this is my main interest is wellness for public safety, Uh, sort of separate from what I do in the ER. Um, and I'm a big believer in doing getting the big things right and and when I say big things, um, I think you've you've probably touched on some of these already on prior episodes, but uh, nutrition, sleep, exercise, and community are the things that I consider to be the biggest the biggest determinants of long-term health. Um, it's not made up of uh, drugs and pills and surgery it's it's getting those big things right um, and especially during this time when things are uh, I, would, I guess turmoil would be a word for everybody's got a different schedule and different demands on them now. I would say those things are are even more important right now.
0: Talk a little bit more about that. Um, despite uh, a lot of disrupted plans with COVID-19, kids are home. Um, people are working from home. Gyms are closed. Um, life is basically turned upside down. Um, despite all that, um, you you sort of see some benefits in this. And, and what are they?
1: Yeah, and there's a few we can talk about. But the first one I see is if um, so we're talking about meals, um, just looking at some number, I Googled some numbers here. So if this, if this describes folks, um, about 56% of Americans eat out, take out, or delivery uh, two to three times a week. About 10% do it four to six times a week. And 6% do some version of that, again, eat out or take out or delivery every day. So with all of that, with all your options for eating out gone, um, I guess you need you need to keep doing takeout and delivery or you can start cooking on your own um, and having the time to cook with a lot of families don't have as many activities going on so between parents and kids not having activities not having sports not having school all the things that kids are involved in uh, everybody's home um, I talked to a friend who said, who mentioned that they sort of just sit around with their kids looking at each other trying to figure out what to do so um, you don't have to rush anywhere like okay well let's We're going to eat make dinner. Uh, We're going to eat dinner as a family and nobody has to rush anywhere. So why don't we make dinner? Let's cook dinner. So let's go to the grocery store. Let's get some groceries. Let's actually talk about what this looks like. And it could be sort of a, maybe for a lot of people, it's a a new activity altogether, but um, it doesn't have to be complicated uh, to start cooking uh, some of your own meals.
0: So I mentioned this to Kevin Coughlin, also a member of the ProVicta team um, in a previous episode. I'm a horrible cook horrible. My wife's a great cook. She gets tired of cooking for me. She looks at me and says, will you do something? Will you cook? Where do I start? Do you have any ideas on recipes, cooking ideas? What do you recommend?
1: Well, a couple couple of places to start. One, I would say uh, one of the best websites that I like is called dietdoctor.com. I don't like the name, but Uh, I kind of like to think of food as a diet. I think of it as nutrition and think of it as a long-term thing. And most people associate diets with something they hate and something that doesn't work. Uh, But nonetheless, it's a great website. Uh, There's tons of free stuff on there to start. But besides that, they also have a $9 a month membership. Uh, But it also comes with a 30-day free trial. So you sign up, you got 30 days to see if you actually like it. The benefits of the members-only site, and I don't have any financial ties to them, they're actually out of Sweden. The doc's out of Sweden that runs this thing. Uh, But it doesn't. They use a a member uh, fee because they don't take any industry funding, which I think is a valuable thing. Um, So, but anyways, the the during that thirty day free trial, you can you can see if what they have is helpful to you. They have recipes, there's videos, movies you can watch. So everybody's got maybe more downtime to look at watching Netflix. You could watch a bunch of nutrition videos or movies about um, documentaries, that type of thing. But specifically, the recipe piece that I played with a little bit. You can actually program in what you want your recipes for the week to be, and it will spit out a shopping list. So that's a pretty easy step to say, okay, we're going to cook these things. Here's the recipes. Yep, that one. No, I don't like that one. Yeah, that one looks good. We like those ingredients. Sure, let's do that. And then you take that list, and you can go to your Walmart, Hy-Vee, Costco, whatever, and everybody's doing drive-by pickup for groceries if you want. So you don't even have to leave your house, potentially, or just drive to the store and get it. But you got your recipes right there. you got the shopping list right there. You can plug and play. Um, as you see fit. Uh, the other thing that I would suggest is um, if you just Google around the internet and look at what, whatever your preference for your nutrition is, and that, when I say that, I, I mean, those paleo, low-carb, high-fat, keto, vegan, vegetarian, Mediterranean, South Beach, real food, whole food. There's lots of differences in those. The, the unifying feature of any one of those, or I'd say those and others that maybe I haven't mentioned, is that it's real food. It's whole food. Food. It's not processed food. Um, it's something you cook yourself. It's meat and vegetables and healthy fats. Those are the big, the big ingredients uh, in any version of those. So whether you want to eat more plants and do the plant-plant thing, uh, I'm not a fan of that. That's my bias. I admit that. But um, eating healthy fats, vegetables and meat, eggs, dairy, those are real ingredients, not processed stuff, not stuff that comes in a box, uh, but real ingredients would be so even the most ardent uh, paleo folks and the vegetarian folks, uh, they might uh, butt heads a lot, but they would both agree that real ingredients and in real food um, is, a, is a key component of any of those versions of eating.
0: So great tips on food. Uh, talk a little bit about sleep, right? The, everyone is, well, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people are sleeping differently right now during the pandemic. Maybe people are going to bed later, they're getting up later. Um, uh, It's just their sleep. Their sleep pattern has been disrupted by all of this. What are some tips for better sleep, particularly during COVID nineteen? Yeah, I
1: would say I would agree completely. The, the schedules are, are really messed up. I have some colleagues who have actually uh, moved in. The two single two guys are living like their single roommate, and they moved the families in with extended relatives because they have some elderly uh, grandparents who help with childcare, and they're trying to avoid those folks getting sick. So they're They have completely disrupted the living situation. But um, a couple of the big things is that you just have to prioritize getting good sleep. One one of the key pieces of that is having a routine. So a routine around going to bed and a routine around waking up, whatever that looks like. Um, Have some routines around it. Some people even set a bedtime alarm at night. So like, hey, my alarm goes off at 10 o'clock. I'm going to bed at 11. So between 10 and 11, you're doing things that point you in the direction of getting good sleep. So the lights in your house are going down. You're getting rid of the screen time getting rid of the blue light which is all the artificial light in your environment have a snack read a book chill out do something to wind down and then your actual sleeping environment then that that needs to be dark and cold and quiet that's sort of the biggest pieces of that so what that looks like exactly for you maybe it's dark blackout shades uh putting tape over smoke alarm lights carbon monoxide alarm lights like getting alarm clocks tvs any big lights get that out of the bedroom so it's completely dark cold and quiet and, 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 and this time, the other one that I think is probably affecting people, and I can speak to personally this mess with me, so I'm not a huge TV watcher, but I've watched a few a couple episodes of Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime. Uh, and I can tell you, my sleep is completely messed up. After watching, it's a wind-down time. I'm chilling. I got my orange glasses on watching TV, thinking I'm going to help get rid of the blue light. But I laid in bed uh, for a few days, when I was watching that and could not fall asleep. And the first night that I got through Season 2, I'm out of things to watch. The next night, fell asleep so much better. So the screen time really does, and maybe for a lot of people, maybe messing with your sleep, uh, particularly true with your kids and kids that are up watch binge watching or playing video games. That's a lot of artificial light in your eyes. It just screws up your it screws up your, by, your mind and your body. And it, that blue light is telling you to be awake, not letting your body wind down when it gets dark out like it should.
0: Okay, good stuff for sleep. Good stuff for uh, food. What we eat. Uh... What about exercise options right now? All these gyms are closed. Um, the weather's turning, you know, the weather's better, so that's probably helpful, but what are some uh, exercise tips in this time?
1: Yeah, I would say I'm a, I'm a big fan of the home gym. I have my own home gym that I've accumulated over time. Um, I've got a couple projects going at the house too, and I know that there's tons of people at Home people these days doing home projects, so Uh, spring cleaning. And now's maybe the time to do some spring cleaning. So you got that corner in the basement, Uh, you got that uh, corner of the garage. Well, let's clean out some of that stuff, Uh, get to Home Depot, see what you can, what you can make. Uh, You can Google or YouTube how to make a homemade pull-up bar that works. You can use jugs or buckets that are full of sand or water that would help that to lift. Um, It, it doesn't have to be that complicated. I I spent years using uh, medicine balls made out of an old basketball Uh, With a, with, filled with sand and a duct tape and Gorilla Glue patch on them until I finally bought a real medicine ball. But there's tons of cost effective options out there. Um, And, and the way I think about it now is that, and this was my long term plan when I sort of built my own gym, it was just a piece at a time, I accumulated equipment, but this is a long term investment. So I never have to pay for a gym membership ever again. I've accumulated, I don't know, it's probably less than $1,000 worth of gear, but over time, little stepwise. Um, add this and then add that and do this and tweak this and now I have a pretty decent gym that's got pretty simple equipment that I can get uh, pretty much all my workouts that I want to get done, I can get done uh, just in my own house and never have to pay for that again going to a gym.
0: Dr. Nystrom, let's, final question is one that I think is um, really important and and it's around um, truthfully being lonely, right, and feeling isolated away from uh, your friends, your coworkers, uh, maybe for first responders, that's not the same so much because they're out there uh, still working um, and doing great work. But um, there's still probably a-, a loss of a sense of community. Um, people don't have sports teams that they play on. Um, so, kind of this talk about this loss, this solidarity, or this. Um, Loneliness, loss of community—that uh, we're all experiencing, some more than others, but I think everyone to some extent.
1: Yeah, I would say that is actually a really big, tough one. And uh, there's a great podcast we could link to uh, from Peter Attia that talks with a uh, Paul Conte, who's a psychologist or psychiatrist that uh, he has on there, and talking about how there's this turmoil where you're you're in your own house and whatever that looks like. Some people have pretty decent options where they live; some people are pretty tight quarters, but. There's this, there's this feeling of not wanting to be where you are, but not really knowing what it is that you want to be doing. It's, it's a very different feeling, I think, than people have had, or most of us have ever had before. Um, and we can link to that one, but the other thing I was going to say about that is that, uh, and this was, I didn't make this up, but I read on, or read somewhere else. Um, we should be calling it physical distancing and social solidarity because social distancing makes it sound like we're all, we're, we're not, coming together. And it's not, And I don't think that's the intention of, of the wording of that, but when you think about it, we need to be physically distanced from each other, but we need to be pulling together. Like, yeah, there's a reason why we're doing this. It's the best guess that the experts have that this is the way to ride this thing out. At the end of the day, it, there's going to be plenty of talking heads who are going to say, yeah, we did too much. We didn't do enough. We should have done a sooner. We should have done later. Either. We, we can second guess that to death, and it will get second guessed. But right now, I think it's what the experts are saying we should do, so we need to be doing it. Um, some ways to avoid, though, the social distancing. Again, keep your physical distance, but avoid the, the social distancing or feeling alone. Uh, with with my own colleagues, we used to do it. The EMS docs would do breakfast like once a week on most weeks. So we've done a couple of impromptu Zoom meetings. So we at least get to see each other's face, chat a little bit, crack some jokes, have some of that interaction that we would normally get over breakfast in the morning. Uh, we can talk some work stuff, but again, there's there's times where you know, we need to joke a little bit and, and blow off some steam, vent a little bit. Uh, another couple of things that I've done is, is hosting workouts at my house. Um, I have enough space that we can we can stay pretty decently far apart. And certainly as the weather warms, like a couple of people that come over to your house and you can you can go outside in the driveway. You can keep your distance. You could go to a park if they're not closed and keep your social your physical distance from people. Um, I have, have bonfires at my house and same thing. Everybody sort of brings their own snacks. They bring their own drinks. Nobody's literally touching anybody else. Everybody is staying their distance apart and not having huge. I'm not having huge house parties, but. Um, a, a small number of people like hey you want to get together let's actually we can we can keep each other's face we can crack some jokes blow off some steam um, I think doing that within reason in small groups and still keeping in mind the physical distancing I think can be a way to to overcome that loneliness but it, it, it takes some proactivity to do that you have to be thinking okay yep I need to actually I need to be the one to reach out to my neighbors I haven't seen them for a while we used to talk over the fence uh, I need to make a point to reach out to them and say hey let's still chat we'll just stay a little farther away and not make our groups
0: too big dr paul nystrom pro victa thank you very much for your time you're always your information is always um uh, incredibly fascinating very useful Um, those that uh, have seen you from the chiefs association you've done a lot of training for the association thanks for all of that thanks for all that you do and uh we'll talk to you soon
1: all right thanks Andy. have a good day
0: This podcast is written and produced by the Minnesota Chiefs of Police Association and is brought to you by Health Partners and ProVicta. Strong minds, strong bodies, strong communities. Learn more at ProVicta.com and HealthPartners.com backslash care. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share this episode wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay safe and stay well.